0: welcome in ladies and gentlemen to another edition of the state of dallas podcast i'm billy embody thanks for joining me this is a tough one for mustang fans to take because we're coming at you this week recapping a 34 17 loss in the battle for the iron skillet and for smu a second straight loss which is really just disheartening for the program right now uh that is coming off of a two and two non-conference slate uh heading into conference play this weekend against Charlotte at 6.30 p.m. Central inti- inside Ford Stadium. Uh, appreciate you guys for being here as we'll break all that down. Uh, part of the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Network, part of the Republican Football Podcast Network. So check us out uh, either on YouTube or on Apple, Spotify, wherever you catch your podcast at um, as we break down another game for the Mustangs and look ahead uh, to week five as they take on Charlotte at 6.30 p.m. Central on ESPNU. Look, for SMU, uh, this is a difficult game to swallow because similar to the Oklahoma game, we see a team that has the opportunity to get a win and make a statement, and they don't. And and I think that is the toughest Piece for smu fans once again because this game and we talked about this on the state of dallas and we talked about it on the on the pony express podcast and on the express.com which you could, is where you could find my work part of the on three network and we said look you've got to capitalize you've got to um Score touchdowns. This isn't a game that we're, when you go on the road, you can take field goals. Even against a TCU team that we didn't know just how good they were going into this. I mean, truthfully, uh, they played a Colorado team that and they lost. They gave up a ton of yards. Obviously, we saw Oregon embarrass Colorado this past weekend. Then they play Nichols. They look okay. They look good. They cleaned up things. Then they play a bad Houston team and take it to them. But what's the real TCU? And so I've got to give credit to TCU. Chandler Morris was excellent. Amani Bailey, who's I've always been high on, I, I, I really just enjoy watching him play. I watched him at Denton-Guyer. I watched him at UL uh, Louisiana when he was uh, down there playing for the Raging Cajuns. I love Amani Bailey like he's he's the truth. Um for me SMU that opening drive they go down 13 14 plays or so. They dominate and and they got down in inside the 10 even missing a couple of big opportunities. They had a screen set up, they had another uh short pass set up that was you know just kind of short armed into the, into the dirt. And at the end of the day they were in prime position third and one and Look, Rhett Lashley and his staff. I think in short yardage in this game, they did not do a good job. That whether it was calling a run, calling pass, whatever the call was, and also the players executing, they did not do a good job. I think they finished five and fifteen overall on third downs, but they when they got down in in short yardage, they did not execute. And the opening drive, Preston Stone, has an RPO from what Rhett Lashley said, where if he hands it off to Tyler Levine, and just kind of watching the replay back, I can't argue with him. Tyler Levine picks up the first down, maybe gets into the end zone, whatever, and they score on the opening drive, which is what they didn't do when they had a chance at Oklahoma to strike with their first touchdown. They ended up kicking a field goal. Then – they kick that field goal, they take a 3 nothing lead. Okay. You've kind of quieted the crowd. You just took up six and a half minutes of time. Well, the defense, you know, they they were able to get a stop. But then SMU gets pinned back in their own territory. And then you're looking at um uh you're you're looking at a third and one, and you pass it. And now Rhett, today, when we talked to him with the media said, I initially thought it was third and two, so we kind of went with the pass, one of our shot plays. But you have Tyler Levine in there, and everyone's expecting him to get the ball. And for the first two looks on third and shorts, it said run. It said run. And I just wish there was some way that they could tag it and say, hand the ball off, we'll take our lumps, we're taking this decision out of your hands, whatever. And I know it's what makes their offense rather good moving the ball. I mean, like, let's be real. SMU, 416 yards. They kind of, they fell off in the second half rushing the football. When you when you look at uh, comparatively, first half to second half for SMU, they ran in the first half for 123 yards. They ran for 35 in the second half, uh, 213 total yards in the first half. And their yards per play in the first half, um, 5.5 in the second half, 5.8, they hit a couple deep chunks, uh, in the passing game and, and, you know, they were in comeback mode and th- and things like that. Um, I think for me, um, the, the toughest piece of that is then they turn around and the next couple drives when they had third and short and it was stacked, they had a third and short and they had a fourth and uh, short, it was stacked. It looks stacked. Then they ran the ball, and so it's like one of those things where, look, good players, which SMU has, can make bad play calls look good, and there are bad play calls that, um, or I mean, there are there are good play calls that can help when things don't go, when when things aren't able to maybe be as executed as well. And those were four examples of SMU kind of crossing in the wind there, where like you're not. You're not getting it out of either end, right? Like you, you're not getting the execution. You're not getting the the play call too. That that is the right play call for the situation, at least in my opinion. Monday Monday morning quarterbacking it, and I think that was kind of once again. There's only a couple of plays when the margin of error is so thin that determine a ballgame. game. Against Oklahoma, blocked punt leads to a touchdown. Uh, Jalen Knighton's fumble, defense you know is back out there on the field. They get a they get a um, they, they they get a stop you know, but it stops SMU who's driving way deep into the um, Oklahoma territory. Against TCU, opening drive you know you need touchdowns. Rhett Lashley said it after the game, which is again kind of why I was like, "What are we doing here?" But he said we need touchdowns ends up burning a timeout to think about it, kicks a field goal, move on. I mean, that's SMU burned three timeouts in the first half, and I felt like out of the three, I, in the moment, felt like the offense's one was the least egregious because they had them in all three phases. But defense was in a bad call. They called timeout. They forced an incompletion. Good job. Special teams, they had an injury. They couldn't get a guy on the field. Obviously, things need to be cleaned up there. It's not like perfect, but you fixed it, and then you don't get your punt blocked, which is good. You fixed what you needed to. You got it done in the timeout. Boom, punt. For me, I wanted to see just a little bit more conviction out of Brett Lashley in terms of what he was going to do because you had dominated him. You called a perfect first drive. I mean, perfect. And you know, if R.J. Maryland's able to get a good pass from Preston Stone, I think Jalen Knighton—that uh, was one where uh, I think he scooped it off the off the ground, and SMU ended up uh, not getting to the line fast enough to snap it. And I think they they called it back, if I'm remembering that right, um, as it happened. So you 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 did everything in your in your what you needed to do to set your players up. Just trust yourself and trust your guys to pick up that first down on on fourth fourth and two. I know it's fourth and two versus a fourth and one which was, you know, the third and one earlier, but you're on the road against a team that beat you last year and if you look back on the history of SMU beating TCU, it's when they were more aggressive, whether it be with trick plays, which, by the way, I credit Rhett Lashley. I don't know if their staff listens or whatever, but they didn't run a jet flip or jet sweep, and they didn't run a reverse. And they had a very good offensive game plan, except they did not execute and they did not, I think, put the players in the best position either in third and short and their fourth and short situations. So, I mean... And the in the name of the game right now for SMU that where the issue is is putting up touchdowns against their two power five opponents. They finished uh but well, they lost to Oklahoma 28-11 and they lost to TCU um 34-17. That's 28 points in two power five opponent games. Um I'm just looking up the Oklahoma score to just make sure I'm yeah. Uh so that is not encouraging and look the aac if smu struggles with an opponent or whatever in aac play it's my opinion that they're playing down to that competition because save for like a east carolina memphis i mean i know rice beat houston but like smu should do very well in this conference but they still have to finish drives they have got to finish drives with touchdowns and they've got to find ways to manufacture those points when it comes to finishing in the red zone and when you look at look back on the TCU game those key moments that was it that was church and it was the same thing against Oklahoma and they open the second half they try a flea flicker they get set up behind the chains all that well, they go three straight passes against against TCU to open it after a long drive that the Horned Frogs had, and then the they were able to completely control the third quarter. It was it was it would it it set SMU's defense was able to hold the field goals and things like that, but you know they also had a touchdown in there. It it just really hurt them overall. Just kind of that that key moment, you know, just going three and out instead of either. Burning another thirty seconds, or something. I don't. I don't know how much that changes things, but you know they. I just feel like in key moments there were just some mismanagement, and and it, and it hurt, and 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 the players. You know they've got to be better. I mean, if if the read calls for Preston Stone to hand it off to Tyler Levine, he's got. I mean, Preston's been in the program three years, you know, two of which now have been under Rhett Lashley's offense. Got to hand the ball off. And so those are the things where they ha- they have to get it correct- corrected because yes the AAC is not as good as Oklahoma and TCU but if you don't have your A game you better be at least doing the right things from a reads and execution perspective and hoping that that carries the day so for me I, I look at this game and you've got to flush it if you're SMU and that it has to happen because it's an emotional game it's a rivalry game and they've got to be able to move on from it because they do open conference play with charlotte and charlotte has played maryland and florida tough i personally don't i think that's kind of fool's gold i don't know because i don't think maryland's that good i know florida beat tennessee but i don't think they're that good like there's there's probably a little bit of a line they have some good quality transfers that can make life difficult but they're also a program that very much is in the middle of a ton of change. So I'd like to see, obviously, SMU open up very strong uh, this, this coming weekend against Charlotte. Back to the TCU game, I think defensively, and I, or hold on, let me finish, let me back up. Offensively, to close out here, and I know it just took a while to explain a lot of the issues, but what was great was the run game. Jalen Knighton playing on a bum knee, or he's clearly banged up somewhere along his leg, was able to have success. But Kamar Wheaton was the one that got to start, and he had a terrific showing. 16 carries, 73 yards. Tyler Levine averaged five yards a carry. Both Kamar Wheaton and Tyler Levine had touchdowns on the day. Um, That's the run game that while it wasn't as productive in the second half as SMU got behind, they really had to pass the ball more. That was encouraging. That was an encouraging showing from that group. And LJ Johnson wasn't able to go. He's probably going to be able to go against Charlotte and and be healthy for that one. But the offensive line, missing Justin Osborne for most of the game, was awesome. I mean, and and on top of that, they gave Preston Stone all day. All day to throw the football. Um, It was all around very, very good for SMU. Uh, when it comes to uh, what they were able to do, running the football, um, doing all of those things, I, I just thought they were it w- It was awesome. Uh, they were really, really, really good running the football. So uh, you got to give uh, SMU credit uh, on that front in particular, uh, just what they were able to do uh, on on that side of things. Um, and it starts up front with the offensive line. I mean, I just think they they did so, so well. Um, just controlling the line of scrimmage against a TCU team that had just, you know, really hunkered down and stopped the run really well against Houston. So um, things are going in the right direction offensively between the 25s. It's figuring out how to get yourself in the best position in the red zone to capitalize and score touchdowns. That's, that's the biggest thing that has to happen uh, going forward uh, for SMU. As they get into conference play, defensively, I, I really think this group played pretty pretty darn well. Um, you know, I I, I do. Um, I, I think they were able to to do a lot of the things that they wanted to, in terms of like they weren't. Fo- I didn't notice like this athletic difference that at certain points throughout this rivalry we'd noticed in the past. Like, they were able to execute because Chandler Morris made some incredible throws, which he deserves credit for. They schemed up some things really well, which I think is is really important. Kendall Bryles did a great job. But when the critical moments were there to be had and, and, and taken, TCU did that. You know TCU on third down they they were six of fifteen. not great. They were three of five on fourth downs. They were three for three, I want to say at the half. Um, SMU had opportunities to get a fourth down stop in the red zone. TCU ran kind of an option thing and picked it up. Um, they had some other moments where they were able to to pick it up and keep moving. I think for Scott Simons, it was a good step in the right direction. I think one thing that they wanted to see more of was their corners making more competitive play- plays on the ball. And he kind of said it. He, he and when they were in zone at times, that was when TCU was able to time it up and hit the out route on a third and fifteen and pick it up. And they were able to just have a little uh, a a le- enough uh, space. Uh, to um, to to pick up the the first down and and it's just it's a game where the margin of error is so small that you've got to be able to execute um, at at certain times and SMU wasn't able to do that um, when it came to um, you know defensively and and offensively but I I, I think this defense. It's showing how how tough they are because they were on the field for a long, long time. And if you look at the first half compared to the second half, SMU's defense, they were fresh. Um, and, and SMU, I'm trying to, SMU controlled the time possession 1707 to 1253. In the second half, TCU controlled it 1655 to 1305. SMU, I believe uh won the time of possession by about 20 seconds overall but it was that second half as the heat started to set in and TC was able to run the ball, control the clock. I mean, SMU's defense held them 26 yards rushing compared to 166 in the second half. Stark difference. Stark stark difference. SMU was 150 able to hold them to a 155 total yardage in the first half. I mean, that defense is rolling what changed you know they were they came out halftime and TCU dialed up a really good drive um and they were able to you know, roll down the field and kick a field goal SMU gets the ball back they go three and out 34 seconds that was it then TCU drives right back down the field field goal defense bowed up the defense was on the the field for 23 of the first 26 or so 2027 20, i guess plays of the first half or the second half then they finally broke um and and gave up a touchdown in the, in the waning minutes of the third quarter this defense played well enough for smu to win before before the game we said smu what do they have to do they have to hold tcu to under 30 in the final seconds when smu selling out to go Stop the run on fourth down, TCU gets a touchdown to Chase Curtis, 34 points. The offense, I think everybody knows, has to start holding up ends. end of the bargain when it comes to putting up touchdowns. It's it's It only goes so far to either outgain or control the clock. There needs to be a statement by putting points on the board in the form of touchdowns. Because that will only help your defense, too, just in terms of of a mindset. And saying, hey, our offense has got us. Let's go. Let's get that stop. You know, maybe somebody locks in a little bit, just a smidge more, and they're able to make a play on the ball. Uh, I will say this about the defense. They've got to find a way to start forcing turnovers. Once again, TCU in this game won the turnover battle. They win the football game. uh, Points off. uh, Turnovers. Um, neither team had any, um, believe it or not. But again, you're sacrificing possessions, SMU's two turnovers, they're pressing in both situations, two interceptions by Preston Stone. Um, but SMU's defense, if they could find a way to get off the field with a turnover or two, that would be massive for them just overall. Um, I think it'd be a wait list lifted off of their shoulder. They have that ability to, with some of the guys that they have on this team, um, But they've got to be able to uh, to do that, and and just so far, uh, it's not been good enough. They've had you know moments, you know, Louisiana Tech, Corey Roberson's interception return for a touchdown. Um, They had another uh, takeaway, I think, against Prairie View A and M, and and you know all those things. But um, they've got to find a way to change how this. This lack of turnovers overall is going this season because it's really tough to, um, you know, handle that side of things when it comes to not getting any turnovers and having a disruptive play that just ends the drive, gets you out of harm's way, and gets the offense back on the field, gives you an extra possession in conference play. The biggest goal for SMU's defense should be. How do we force a turnover to give our offense more opportunities? That's, uh, that's the biggest thing that I would be honing in on in terms of what needs to happen because that, that front group for SMU, they've been able to stay healthy. They're really physical, and they can control the line of scrimmage. Six tackles for loss, two sacks against TCU. They had a couple of others that really, really, really should have been able to get Chandler Morris down. They missed some tackles. They continue to have to clean that up. Again, the level of competition will kind of change in conference play, but you still want to see guys, when they have opportunities, take advantage of that, get guys on the ground, and make some plays that way. So that's about it for the TCU game. Uh, A quick reminder before we kind of look ahead to Charlotte and what needs to happen, uh, we've had a ton of people use – the BigGameUSA.com promo code, and that is BE on three. The number three at the end there. Um, you get ten percent off your order and free shipping. If you're not a fan of SMU, look for your school's game ball on there. You'd still get free shipping and ten percent off your order for whatever football uh, you pick off the site by using promo code BE on three at BigGameUSA.com. Uh, this is the official game ball of SMU. Designed by Preston Stone and the quarterbacks, you can check them out. Buy them for the Boulevard, or again, buy your favorite college teams football that you can find on the site. Use promo code BE on3 for 10% off your order. I think for me, when you look at going into league play, SMU needs, I don't want to say a reset, but they need to reset emotionally. They've had two very competitive power five games against Oklahoma and TCU and they have not necessarily played up to snuff offensively. I think defensively they played well. They've got to continue to get better tackling wise, but this was a two and two football team in non-conference play that probably feels like they, they either let some people down or They feel like they left some opportunities out there, maybe both. But just looking at how disappointed the players were after the TCU game, that's something that they they are going to have to get on the right side. they weren't in a situation where they um that they kind of they were you know either situation were too was too big for them that they couldn't handle it emotionally they were on the right track with everything for both games they just missed out on key opportunities and that's why they're 2 and 2 so i think when i look at this game the biggest thing as i try to predict it is SMU's maturity being the key here for me. And that's why I, I'm picking SMU to win this one. I think they've going they've they've got to come out firing. Um, the over under set at 52 and a half. The spread currently favors SMU minus 23 and a half, from what I'm seeing. I think for me, I like SMU here. I don't love them to cover, although I said this week the line doesn't surprise me. But Charlotte, in my opinion, is so Jekyll Hyde. But I can see this game being like Louisiana Tech, where SMU is in complete control. Do they end up covering 23 and a half? Let's say it if it jumps to 24, that's like, all right, so if SMU wins 31 to 7, that's a push. 23 and a half, Vegas is really good. You know, that's a cover, but is Charlotte better than Louisiana Tech? Probably. Just by a stretch. So for me, I, I would say I, I'm gonna pick SMU to win 38 to 10. Or I guess that would be covering. But I, I don't know. I just I don't buy that Charlotte is the this team that is so is is going to give such a challenge to SMU just because they played two teams that, at least in my opinion, I don't think are this really, really good, strong, especially offensively with both schools programs uh in in maryland and florida so um we'll see i 35 or 38 10 i think smu's defense is is able to to control um control this one in in a big way um when you look at when you look at charlotte overall uh, they've won 24 to 3 against sc state they lost 20 to 38 against maryland they lost 41 25 to Georgia state. At home, Georgia State playing well, um, but still. And then at Florida, they lost twenty-two to seven. So defensively, the Charlotte team does have the ability to play hard. I think for me, knowing how kind of average Florida is offensively, I've got to give SMU a chance to open it up on on Charlotte and, and take some take some frustrations out. I think SMU wins either way. I think we'll learn a lot about the offense after we see how this game against Charlotte goes because they do have some guys up front that could present some issues, but SMU's offensive line is coming off a really, really good outing. On the flip side, you've got to get more out of your wide outs, your skill players, all of those things. Rhett Lashley talked about, hey, maybe there is credence to a pecking order truly being established at wide receiver instead of rotating, rotating, rotating. But overall, SMU sitting in a good spot to pick up win number one. In the AAC, we'll see how it goes Saturday night, 6.30 p.m. Central on ESPNU. Subscribe to OnThePonyExpress.com. Check out our work there covering recruiting and team. And for those who have missed it, um, SMU did pick up a commitment last week from quarterback Keelan Russell, uh, the four-star out of Duncanville High School, uh, the top 100 prospect and top 10 quarterback for On3 Sports, committed to SMU on uh, Thursday evening, uh, basically uh, right after uh, we, we recorded our last week edition, Keelan uh, committed to the Mustangs. That gives SMU a even better top, uh, top 10 2025 class. They sit, I believe, number six in the country right now, number one class in the ACC, um, and giving them a quarterback like Keelan Russell who could throw it, run it. He's got a really good release. Uh, it gives them more juice recruiting the state of Texas. This is a, a high school program that is coming off a state championship. They look like they're going to win another one, quite honestly, early on this season. And Keelan Russell, a guy who picked SMU over offers from you know all over, but mainly uh, Ole Miss as of late. That was a team that had the most buzz uh, around, around him uh, leaving the summer alongside SMU. He just has so much ability to make plays on the run. Um, extend plays. He's accurate. Um, he's got a weapon there in and DeCorian Moore. We all know that. Um, but for the most part, he's in a fairly run-heavy attack, but he distribu- di- distributes the ball very well. He can move around, make plays. SMU, getting one of the best quarterbacks in the country. in Keelan Russell, uh, a state champion uh, who's just entering his second full season, at, or his first full season as a starter. He actually started last year as the backup um, but a guy who just has it all, um, really mature kid. He's going to grow into a big, big kid at the college level, I think. And he's still got that that ability to move around. So, what a pickup for SMU out of Duncanville in uh, Keelan Russell last week. That was massive news for the Mustangs. So, wanted to pass along that piece of recruiting news before we wind things down and on this edition of the State of Dallas podcast. So we appreciate you guys listening. And uh, please subscribe to the YouTube channel, Dave Campbell's Texas Football, or check out the Republic of Football podcast wherever you catch them at. We will catch you guys next week with another edition recapping SMU Charlotte and looking ahead to the bye week. We'll see what's up with the Mustangs after their first game in the AAC comes this weekend. SMU Charlotte, 6.30 p.m. Central on ESPNU. Follow us at ontheponyexpress.com. Hope everybody has a great rest of the week, and we'll catch you next time.